And the title of our sermon today is Receiving Our Daily Bread. So last Sunday, we started talking about, we started our series, the three-week series on receive. The first three were on presence of God. What it means to pray is to enter into God's presence. It is to become aware of a presence of God that's always open by the blood of Jesus. Once we're in that presence, it is now in our prayer imperative that we receive. You cannot continue walking in Christ if you don't know how to receive. And as it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We saw last week that Jesus, the first thing he demonstrated is the first thing you need in this life to know Jesus is to receive his voice. Can you Let's read this together. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the voice of God that is being spoken over you right now, 24-7, in your depression, in your worry, in your anger, in your sin. He is saying this. The blood of Jesus is continually saying this, and he will say it for eternity. Not just for you, but for the person who does not know Jesus yet. For the Buddhist, for the Muslim, I don't know, for the person way out in Korea, right? Or North Korea, wherever, whoever. Whenever this is the voice of God that we must hear because hearing who we are is the foundation of what we believe and becoming, belonging to a body of Christ, becoming a Christian and behaving as we are. So receiving, that's the cornerstone. The voice of God is what becomes the most important aspect of being a Christian. When I say the voice of God, I'm talking about both the scripture recorded voice of God that we have in our phones or in our hands, in the, in the actual Bible, but also I'm talking about the voice of God that's spoken to you right now by the Holy Spirit, if we would listen, right? Like Jacob, he wasn't aware that God was honoring him and God was, had a plan to bless him, but he entered into his presence. So when we enter into presence, we have the scripture to guide us and we have the voice of the Holy Spirit. Think about it, the word of God is the most important thing. It is what is eternal. It is what spoke the world into being. It is actually what Jesus said, I, you are clean because the word I've spoken to you. He is the word of God that became flesh. Without the word, we have no faith. Without the word of God, we have nothing. He calls us his children. So hearing the voice of God is the most important. It's the reason why we pray, if it's pretty simply. So, I, so as we talked about receiving his voice, the first thing we hear is who we are, right? You are my son, my, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. That's the voice, that's the message of the kingdom of God is you are now accepted, you are adopted, you are ransomed, and now you are a child, an heir with Christ. But now that we receive that who I am, what comes next is we also have to now receive our mission, our duty. If our identity is received, now we have to know, in, now, now we know who we are, now we have to know how to live, what our mission is, who we are, and what our mission is coming next. Here we go. Today in our passage, very familiar passage, right after Jesus heard that voice and was baptized, it says that he was driven into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted. And it says in verse 3, the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You see that word, if the devil came to Jesus and tempted his identity. So, are you really the son of God? Well, show me what you can do. Now let's pause for a moment. It's almost like Jesus, after he received that blessing, that assurance that he's a child of God, just like all of us, right? We need that voice every time we face trials and difficulty and we're tired, dog tired and just confused. (laughs) Sometimes in this crazy world, we need to hear that voice again. 
But then after that voice was heard, it was tested. That faith, now Jesus goes into testing. What we are seeing right now is Jesus' interview to become the Messiah. Right? This is his final step of this job interview as a Messiah. So here's a question. He's super hungry. This is at the end of 40 days, right? He's weak. He's as weak as he can be. Imagine 40 days not eating it, you know? And in that place, he's saying, man, I really want that bread. Yeah, because he knows how good that bread, that heaven-made miracle bread can be. But he says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So today I want to talk about what does it mean to receive the word of God that is not just bread alone. Here in this context, I include in Deuteronomy 8, I want to take you there because that also, the Israelites at the end of their 40 years was about to enter the promised land. And in verse 3, God reminds them to remember how he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Sounds familiar. Yes, Jesus was referring to this truth from God and saying the way we live in this life is not by receiving just the bread, physical bread, but there is a spiritual bread that we need to receive, and that comes through prayer. It means literally, if you do not have this word of God that comes from the mouth of the Lord, you are continuing your path of death. You are right now dying. Your body, no matter what kind of food you eat, it is certain we are decaying. We're not getting younger and younger and younger and stronger and stronger. We are, in fact, decaying because of the price of our sin. It is inevitable. That thank you, Jesus, that he has another body for us, resurrected body. But if you do not have not just bread, but the word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, spiritual bread, we are indeed dead and we will die. So therefore, here it is. What is the manna, the bread that Jesus was referring to? Number one, it is daily sustenance by faith and trust. Think about when Jesus, when, when God was saying, remember how God gave you manna of all things? By the way, that word means, what is it? <laughs> because literally they did not know, but that was the only thing. And God told them, eat it. Basically, every morning you wake up, and then there on the ground is manna. And they're like, what is this? And they're like, oh, what is this? You know, it became really, really delicious. But it's interesting, the manna, if you guys look, look, look in the Old Testament story of it, account of it, it's something that spoils after a day. They couldn't store it up, you know, like all of us. We like to invest. So we think about the rainy day. So you want to collect a little extra, maybe make some deals with others, get some more manna, store it. No, no, no. No human effort could sustain them except by faith in God. They had to believe that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to bed today. I'm going to have to trust that God is going to bring manna tomorrow. The only time they gathered extra was in, um, during, before uh, Sabbath because Sabbath they couldn't work. So they had to get two-day extra. But apart from that, it was a daily sustenance from God. So what was manna? Number one, it was physical bread. It literally physically kept them alive. They're going through wilderness. You cannot plant. There's no trees. There's no uh, fruits. There's no grain. You know, the, uh, the animals probably are very uh, sparse at the time. Think about 40 years in the desert place. You, you need a miracle from God to sustain them. So physical bread was what manna was. But think about it also. The manna was a spiritual bread because as Jesus, as God says in our scripture, 
he says that he was testing them with the manna to see what was in their heart. The reason why God kept them on this faith basis was he wanted to know, will they obey? Because a part of being alive in Christ, being, having life in Christ, is not just being physically well. Jesus has come to give us a bread that the world cannot give, a spiritual bread that is truly life. You need both, physical and spiritual. Again, in verse, um, verse uh, 3, he says that to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. And, and, in, and in verse uh, 2, he said, whether to see you would keep his commands or not. That was the point. To observe his commands was, God, was what God was doing through manna was also physical provision, but he wanted them to grow through spiritual growth, which is by obedience. So if I break it down for you guys, it looks kind of like this. So far, we've been talking about we need to receive the voice of God in prayer, right? There's two kinds, right? There's two things we need. Number one is identity. We talked about this last Sunday, right? There's the physical identity and the spiritual identity. This is my physical identity. Here it is. I am Asian. Can you guys tell? How many of you guys thought I was white or, or African? Anybody? Yeah, my brother. All right. No, I'm Asian, right? That is my physical, what God gave me in my DNA. It's a miracle. I don't know. I didn't choose it. I didn't select it. But that's the physical identity God gave me. But in prayer, we also, by spirit, I know that I am now a child of God, which is beyond my physical uh, reality. I'm more than a conqueror. I am righteous, not because of what I've done, but because of the righteousness that Christ gave me as a gift. I am a new creation in his image. I am just like Jesus. That's my confidence in this life. I am glorious. You just can't see it right now. I am eternal. I am Christ's disciple. There's so many more things that in the voice of God, he speaks over your life in prayer. So today I want to talk about the daily bread, but what is the daily bread? There's, again, there's two kind of things. We need physical bread that God gives, and we also need spiritual bread. Here it is. Physically, the daily bread I get is rice. Amen? Yeah, all of us probably have eaten mountains of rice in our lifetime. It is true. It's, it's amazing how, yeah, God blesses us abundantly. And also, but in spiritual bread, I also need is, I need divine instruction from God. The will of God to love, to, to learn to, to understand what is the will of God and to learn how to love and to grow in obedience to his word. Not just hearing it, but obeying. And then the work of the Holy Spirit are things that he wants to give us daily. It's as important as rice is. So basically, the identity that we get in prayer is the what we are, the who, the be, right? But also we need to hear from God, how can I live this life? But I must say this, that many of us are suffering serious malnutrition, right? We are so well-fed physically, right? We try to eat clean. We try to, you know, we thank God, right? God, God has given us physical bread. But we are sometimes so malnourished in our spiritual bread. And in fact, yes, we are, because of that, dying. Right? We're not thriving. So the Lord wants us in our prayer to understand, not just say, you know, when we ask the prayer, how many of you guys uh, pray before you eat, right? R raise your hand, yeah? But have you ever thought, like, why, right? Does the Bible actually say, before you eat, do you say, wait, 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 let's pray for the food? No, 
right? In fact, so I was like, yeah, why am I praying? In fact, the danger of this, it's good that you pray. I'll, I'll show you guys why we do, you know, in reference to the scripture. But the danger of this is that we sometimes only pray before we eat. So we equate prayer with what? God, give us our daily bread. When we look at the Lord's Prayer, we simply say, God, I have it right here. Where do I have it? Oh, it's gone. It's okay. I'll go there. Okay, real quick. If you look back here, it's so important I have to do this. Okay. When we pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we sometimes stop there. We say, okay, that's the spiritual stuff. Now, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, right? Because somehow praying before our meal, you can go back to that uh, picture of the praying. But why is it that we pray and we have to understand the fullness? Otherwise, we are going to be continued malnourished. Because you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. How many of you guys pray? And how many of you just say that is most of the prayer you do is before you eat? Therefore, we equate prayer is what you do before you eat physical food. But it's so much more than that. I want to clarify, I want to debunk a couple things that we do. Sometimes we say, let's bless the food. That is very wrong, okay? I want to show you guys a couple verses to help you guys enrich. If, if praying before dinner, dinner and breakfast and lunch is what you do, keep doing it, but do the fullness, understand the fullness. In the Old Testament, there is not much about praying before eating at all. The only instance is Deuteronomy 8, our, our passage that we just read, God tells them after he says, now that you're going to go into the land, blah, blah, blah. He says, he says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. After you've tasted, and I'm like, after Israel has gone to the promised land, they're like, oh my gosh, this is not manna, this is not quail. What is this? This is amazing. After you've eaten that, say, bless the Lord. It is very important to realize we're not blessing the food. Why? Because God already blessed everything he has created. In 1 Timothy 4, it says, For everything God created is good. Everything. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. This is a New Testament kind of um, standard or the, the reason, the, 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 should I say, the fact. I'm losing my words vocabulary today. I need to eat more rice. Um, why? <laughs> my brain needs calories right now. Yes, this is yeah, the, the reason why many of us do this. And also, Jesus himself set a precedent. Whenever we saw Jesus in food, what did he do? In the five feeding of the 5,000, he got two, loaves, uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. And he took the food and he said he gave thanks to God and then he did the miracle. In the Last Supper, what did he do? He took the cup, he took the bread, he gave thanks to God and then shared it. So we think, oh, okay, I guess before you eat, you got to give thanks. It is true, but in this context, it's very clear why Paul was talking about this is because there was a controversy that the food that they're eating was unclean according to the law, and it was hindering Christians from fellowshipping with non-Christians. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. Everything God created is good. Therefore, even if it's a food that is unclean, you can consecrate it with prayer. So technically, you don't have to. The only time he says to pray for the food is when it's an unclean food, Right? So for us, in our case, when we are blessing the Lord, not the food, because when God created creation, it's already good. You don't have to say, I'm going to doubly bless it. Everything you have before you that you eat is already blessed. What you need to bless is not the food, it's the giver of the food. That's the reason why you gather around 
during breakfast and lunch and dinner. So don't pray anymore. God bless this food to our body. No, no, no. no well, to our body. Yes, yeah, that's good. But say, God, we bless you for this food. So the point of it is God has given us, if you're praying before the food, is to be a reminder of what? Not how good the food is, right? But to realize how good God is. The Israelites, that's what they had to do every time. Every time they ate manna, they had to realize not just be thankful for the manna, but to be thankful for God, who is the giver, and to focus on him. But I want to go a little deeper. So again, when we're eating, we're not, we don't have to bless the food. We're blessing God. We're remembering that, wow, this is a giver of God. Why is that important so that we do not live by food? Because many of us, we live by the food represents what? Represents everything. Health, it represents wealth. It represents kind of a guarantee, right? It's what we need to survive. And many times we forget that God is the one who's giving us life, not the rice itself. So if you do pray, yes, remember, do pray, and remember who's the giver of that food. But I want to go a little deeper. As Jesus talks about this, Jesus in John chapter 6, he says to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is not just talking about the physical manna, but I'm talking about the spiritual bread. And what is a spiritual bread? The people that heard this, they say, Sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We have Jesus because he is the word of God made flesh. Literally, the word of God is what gives us life. It's the spiritual food that we need. But I want to ask the question, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, what gives him the audacity? What, what makes him the, um, what proves that he is the authority on the bread of life? He explains this. This is why he is the bread of life. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him, raise them up at the last day. Jesus was very clear in understanding what was the bread from God. The bread for him was not how can I find out where to get breakfast? What should I eat for lunch or what should I eat for dinner? But for him, he knew that beyond that, we need that, and we praise God for that. But there was a bigger bread that he had to eat, and it's called the bread of the will of God. Have you, in your prayer, realized or actually done prayer for the sake of seeking this daily bread? Again, in this context, think about why in the Lord's Prayer it says daily bread. It's because he's referring to remember the, the crisis and the danger that the Israelites had to go through for 40 years where daily they had to trust in God, but it wasn't for just the physical, but that they could learn to trust. Think about this way. The Israelites for 40 years went through the desert, and it says that it says their T-shirt nor their foot was swollen for 40 days. God provided for them physically so well. These people going through 40 years was not a real pain, right? But what killed them was not that they weren't physically fed. It's because spiritually, they at one point decided, you know what? 
I like the way I live. I don't think I need to seek the will of God in my life. And every one of them died because they said, I'm not going to obey. So Jesus, he fulfills what the Israelites failed to do in that they had physical bread, but they denied their spiritual bread. Jesus now, in the 40 days in the wilderness, he says, you know what? I'm not going to give in to the same temptation. I know God blesses me with physical bread. I need my spiritual bread. And what is a spiritual bread? To do the will of him who has sent me. I want to read a scripture from John chapter 4, verse 34. He says in John chapter 4, verse 34, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I thought I had it here, but uh, I wanted to show you guys. Do I have it there? No, I don't have it here. I hope we have the right PowerPoint. Jesus said, when the Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman at the well, the people, the disciples came. It was midday, so it was lunchtime. So Jesus was talking to first of a woman by himself. It was like, what, Jesus, what are you doing? And also he was talking to Samaritan. You're not supposed to fellowship with those people who are not Jewish people, right? But Jesus says, but the disciples were asking, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? The disciples still are thinking, when you ask God for blessing, it is about the material things. But Jesus said, no, no, no. The real food that, that, that delivers you from malnutrition, that makes you strong and thrive, is to do the will of him who sent you and to finish his work. So look at this, in the Lord's Prayer. Again, many of us split this. Like, I, I, I'm guilty of it too. I say, our Father in heaven, help be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is heaven. Okay, let's eat now. Give us this day our daily bread. But no, it's connected. That will of God that we are to ask in prayer is, our, is the fullness of our daily bread. It is in God's will to bless you. He doesn't want you to suffer. He doesn't want you to go hungry and die naturally. That is just the just fruit of our own mistake, fruit of the greed of the world, fruit of the, fruit of the sin in this world. We can't avoid it. We're all going to die. But the Lord is saying there's a daily bread, and it's called doing the will of God. How did Jesus succeed in this? In Luke 5, 16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That was, this is a picture of Jesus' lunchtime. He didn't just, you know, hang out. Of course, he loved to party. We know that he, had, he ate, he, he celebrated, he, he joined the festivals. You know, he was okay with just celebrating and just having a great banquet. But also, he knew that he needed spiritual bread. And he, he knew that that kind of bread could only come from prayer. And in that prayer, he wasn't asking, God, give us dinner let us have great dinner. Let us have a great lunch. Praise you, God, for amazing uh, lobster, uh, whatever, to dinner, or, 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 or what do we eat? You know, shabu shabu, whatever, right? No, Jesus went to say, God, I am hungry for your will. And something about that, when the Lord's voice was able to be heard, he received life and power. And as we're talking about, he knew he was a son of God. But what to do as a son of God was given by the daily bread that he prayed. 
in these days, I think many of us, uh, I don't know if you guys experienced in the last maybe six months, but increasingly as we're home more and as, as technology has improved, we have so many channels of voices. We have uh, instant, you know, messaging is like, there's so many things like TikTok, uh, Instagram. There's, there used to be that one thing called Snapchat. I don't know if people do that anymore. But it's like we're inundated with voices. We're inundated with sounds and messages that many of us do not have the time to be able to say, God, I want to listen to what is your voice concerning your will. Think about the last time you actually went to prayer. Did you ever go, how often do you go to prayer saying, God, what is it that you want? If we don't get to that place in prayer, again, we're malnourished. We don't walk. We don't, we are, we're walking as weak and malnourished if we do not have that basis of asking the Lord for what is his will in the prayer. Therefore, prayer for us has to be a reminder, not just only of what we have physically, but it's a spiritual manna that Jesus wants to give to us. You know, speaking of food, uh, a couple of days ago uh, on Friday, uh, we have actually a board. Uh, one of our church members uh, has a rental unit in Manoa, and we got a call. I was with, uh, with our staff. We were having dinner uh, as staff together, and then we got a call saying that there's a wild boar that died in somebody's uh, backyard. And uh, basically what happened was the guy lives in the mountains and people were hunting. He heard gunshots and then the boars were running around and his backyard has like a cliff where one of the boars fell, right, and died. So he didn't know what to do. But, but it happens to be that I knew someone who has experience in this. So I called him up. You guys might know Carl. And actually he's right now uh, cooking the boar in the church, church oven right now. And if you guys want to know where and what time to meet today to eat it, you talk to me after service, okay? Uh, and, and I tell you, it was a life-changing experience because we got a whole live, not a live board, but the whole thing. And I saw firsthand how you prepare it. You know, we had to, he had to pour boiling water on it and, and dehair it. And then I was there holding the legs as he was cutting it open. And I couldn't help but think, oh my gosh, this is what church was like <laughs> before Jesus Christ. You would have to come bring your sacrifice and you had to watch the priest cut it up and the blood would squirt on you and the smell, I smelled what the intestine smells like, so it was, I can still taste it in my mouth. Um, But all of that, you know, thank God we don't have to do that anymore, but what all that to say is that sometimes though we forget, right? I was so, and so I I need to taste that board that we cooked up today, later today, so you guys can join perhaps in that process, but you know, we're reminded. So even, even though that was, uh, after that experience, I was kind of shooken up. I, I almost became vegan after that uh, uh, process. I know many people who actually done the same thing. They saw how meat was prepared, and they said, I can never eat it again, right? But it's part of life, right? But, uh, but the thing is, in, in that moment, this, this was such a, a, a crazy experience, but I'm starting to forget that fear. Because when I went home, I realized, wow, if I saw that worshiping God, like, I will have fear, right? That was the point of the sacrifices, was so you could see what sin's consequence is, and that you would fear the Lord because of the blood that was required for your sin, and you'd be compelled to not sin again. But we know exactly where that led. They sinned again. And I, and I kind of felt, I was like, yeah, for a couple of days, I was like, oh my gosh, like, scary stuff. But that's our human condition, right? Every day we need this bread again and again. 
Doing the will of God is something that is going to be hard to do, like Jesus, because there's a temptation for us. I want to read a scripture that it says in, um, uh, where did it go? Here it is. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, For as I, as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? Their dis- destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Why are people enemies of the cross? Because they only live for the physical bread. That is what they equate God with. Give me bread. Give me sustenance. Bread is, I guess, could be representative of money, job, or comfort, or health. That's not something that is wrong to ask, but that is the only thing that they have set their mind. But Paul, but Paul says in the next verse, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Jesus wants us to, like he did, seek not just the physical manna, physical bread, daily bread, but he wants to expand to, like he have the food, search for the food, be the hungry for the food of asking God, what is your will. This is my suggestion to all of us. As you go home today and as you continue praying before a meal, I want you to ask, add a statement to your prayer. I want you to pray, God, we bless you. We thank you for this rice and kimchi and asparagus and whatever you eat. But say, now, Lord, may this food be the strength for me to do the will of God. Because that is how I can become strong and I can become not malnourished, but become glorious as Jesus was. So friends, I pray that your prayer life would start leaning towards this place of now that I know who I am, I am confident in God's grace. Now you dare to venture into saying, God, I want to do your work. I want the blessing you've given me. I want the piece of bread that I have. Thank you for this, Lord, giving this to me. I want to use it for the spiritual bread of doing the will of God in my life. Friends, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says, the end, so not Luke 10, sorry about that title, but in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, it says, The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. I, didn't, I understood this. I always loved just the way that it focuses on the power of prayer, but I didn't understand the depth of it. It's because prayer has to lead us to the place of seeking the spiritual bread. It has to lead us to a place of, yes, thanking God for the food that we have, praising him for who he is, for his mercy, his grace, just like in our praise. It was so awesome to be able to rest, but from that place to say, God, I want to do the work of God. So therefore, once you hear the voice of God, it is time now that you set yourself apart to say, God, it's time to do the will of God. We have to receive in our prayer our daily bread, and our daily bread is the mission that God has, is the work that God has for us. So let's all stand in this time as we close this time with a prayer. Can we stand to our feet? Father, um, we're truly living in a time where it is very difficult to hear your voice. 
And it's not your fault. It's not because you are somehow leaving us out. Lord, we're unaware we have allowed ourselves to be filled with so much things. Even, yes, physical sustenance, which represents the money, the hours we put in to sustain us physically, that we have become focused on earthly things. And while we praise you for the ability to make money, which you said is something you have given to us. We thank you for the food, but Lord, we are hungry for a different kind of food, a more fulfilling, a more empowering food, and it is for us to turn our attention and say, look beyond the physical bread to the spiritual bread. As Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God and to finish his work. Lord, take us deeper on this journey of being delivered from the wilderness, that as you test us every day to see whether we will obey you or not, I pray that you will teach us. Lord, I humbly ask you, and I repent, Lord, of so many times being focused on praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. I just thought of the thing I put in my mouth, but I've neglected my spirit, and I am hungry, and I am weak. Lord, we are here. We're honestly before you for diagnoses on our spirit And I pray that there will be a change of heart in every person today to say that, Lord, the food I eat, the money I have, the strength that I have may be used for spiritual bread, daily bread of doing the will of God in our lives. So, Lord, set us apart. Lord, we are not of this world. We're not here just to survive and get by. But, Lord, we're trusting like the Israelites on your daily sustenance. And Lord, may our hearts be like Jesus to welcome him and never be thirsty and hungry again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.